Hi, Agnes. Thank you so much for joining us on the I Am Unbreakable podcast. I've been so excited to have you on the show. You are so incredibly interesting. You are definitely one of my mentors and heroes. I know. She's like, what? You inspire me and hundreds of women who you work with to be the best person that they can be. And that's a big job, in my opinion. You work with women that are entrepreneurs. You work with moms. You work with successful women. And you're able to bring out in them their inner beauty. And I just think you are incredible. Oh, thank you so much, Adrian. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, Like, it's an honor to be here. (laughs) Thank you for this big introduction. (laughs) It's so true, though. I mean, you look at, you know, women sometimes and a lot of times I I think sort sort of stereotypical is women don't lift other women. That's been Mm. in the past. You're opposite of that. And I love that, that you lift other women to be the best they can be. Oh, thank you so much. So I think like for me, it's like a passion and obsession, uh, which comes through like my love of art. But somehow when I started photographing people, I just realized that just, you know, going in front of the camera is like a big thing for women. It sure is. You know, and it's part of a journey of becoming comfortable with yourself and just loving yourself and being okay with putting putting yourself out there. So maybe when I first started photographing, I didn't realize that would be such a big part of my job. I thought, you know, my job would be a lot about technicalities like apertures and and light and you know and and lenses and f-stops and all of that but yeah a big part of my job is actually um, encouraging women to be more confident and ultimately to step into their power and to you know go after their dreams and um, and what they want in life And I love that because even my first experience with you, if you remember that, you brought me so out of my comfort zone and you having to sort of steer, I'd like to consider myself a strong woman. You steered me in a direction I was not comfortable with, but I had to surrender and trust Mm -hmm. you. And those are some of the best photos that I have. I would have never thought of them myself. So I feel that women you work with have to really trust not only your beautiful creative mind, they have to trust you as an individual. And what I know about you is you're very authentic. What you see is what you get. And then you add on the talent and so many other facets of your life. I find it incredibly interesting that you're able to sort of handle, and I don't, maybe handle is not the right word, uh, mold, create the amazing end products and photos that you do because you bring to life things that are inside of people that they never knew. And that is a true gift, Agnes, seriously. I am so thankful that we met and I know our journey will be very long. And so I guess I I ask you, what is it that allows you to be, you must be very confident 
in yourself and in your work to be able to say, hey, trust the process. Just trust me. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to. And I'm sure, like you said, there's many women and, and humans that get in front of a lens and say, okay, I'm not sure. But you guided them so beautifully. I just, I'm so in awe of your work. Oh, thank you so much, Adrienne. I, I feel like I don't deserve all these nice comments. <laughs> oh, why? But, um, why? Look uh, at what you've done. Oh, thank you so much. It's Well, I definitely, you know, try my best. And it's, again, it's an obsession. So I think when you're doing something you love, you just always want to make it better. So you always go deeper. You try to master and master and master your craft. Always, you know, go deeper, go further. Um, I think, you know, for me growing up, photography was a way to express myself. So when I was going in front of my camera and, you know, my dad was um, was a lover of photography. We had professional cameras in the house and I was always fascinated by them. I love that. And yeah, so when for me, when I went in front of the camera, it was not stressful for me. That was the moment where I could be myself. And wow. Yeah, and where I, I could express that. myself and when I could have fun. It was also good memories with with my dad, you know, and um, growing up in a, you know, post-communist country, Poland, when there was not that much stuff to do, you yes. know, uh, there were playgrounds where we had like, um, you know, const- construction uh, machines there. And we would play there. So I was waiting for these moments when my dad would start the projector and display some of his like more artistic photos on the wall. And he was like, oh, my God, you know, this again. Like, I I have to work and I have have stuff to do. So your love started. Can I ask you, how old were you when you picked up a camera? So five, 10, 15, what would you say? When I picked it up and started taking photos myself, I was a teenager, but my love and fascination with it was when I was a child, when Much I, younger. oh my goodness, like when my, my, some of my earliest memories are of viewing the photos and then and my mom, uh, who was a mathematician, but she had to sew clothes for us because again, there was not many things in stores. So you have to be really creative of course. and she had these magazines, they were scarce. Okay, they were not easy to find, but she had fashion magazines and she would take inspiration from from the photos to make clothes for us. When she got her first pair of Wrangler jeans from like a family member of a family member, she cut them up and made skirts for me and my sister, you know, so but I was fascinated with the magazines and with the photography. Um, but that wasn't originally your path. I love your story because your path. So tell us what your parents did for a living and tell us sort of where your path was supposed to go. So my mom was a mathematician. She works for the she works for the government her entire life in statistics. Wow. Um, so. My mom is mostly very logical, which is not always the case for women. Like she's she's very strong, she's very grounded, very logical in her thinking. And my dad was a lawyer, but I don't think he was a lawyer in his in his heart. In his soul. soul. You know, he he loved being artistic. Um and my parents, you know, did the best with what they had. Of course, like like you all know? parents, but they still, they they were very sort of, I think, focused from what you told me 
of you getting an education and going a certain path. So that was, I think, just basically kind of, that was the way the things were supposed to be in Poland. The natural course of yes. what they had envisioned. And I yeah. think mo- a lot of parents sort of, you know, then and even more recently, they want their children to have an education and to have the opportunity. Yeah. And so you tell us what you did after high school. So after high school, I went to university and I was supposed to just follow in my dad's footsteps. So um, basically, um, yeah, I studied law and I have a degree. uh, And there was a moment when I think that was the third year of university because law is five years in Poland. So first you get your master's and then you can go and you can specialize. Right. So obviously, like the education takes many, many years. Um, but there was a moment three years into it when I just thought, because at this point I already started, you know, taking photos and, um, I started creating websites to afford my first professional camera because I knew I couldn't ask my parents for it. Like I knew that it just would not happen. Yeah. So I had to make it happen. So I just kind of, um, love that. (laughs) So my sister kind of taught me how to make websites. I honestly thought she was better at me than uh, she was better at it than me, but she taught me how to do it. And then, you know, whenever the opportunity presented, I would just like make it for people and just save the money. And, uh, that's how I purchased my first professional camera. I love that. So there was a moment when I kind of wanted to approach my parents and just say that, you know, this is not really what I want to do. So what followed was just a big argument. (laughs) And And so here's the nervous laughter. Um, And uh, and basically, yeah, like I continued studying. So for uh, how many years after that? So that was your sort of aha moment, I think it was two more years. But well, I just could feel that. You know, law did interest me. There were, you know, lectures that I really enjoyed. Of course. They were more around psychology, though. So, you know. So human behavior behavior, and everything. Yes. Absolutely. You know, criminology is fascinating. And I love watching documentaries about it. I love watching trials. Like, I would watch a whole trial on YouTube. But being in the courtroom for me, is very, um, like, I get really, really anxious, you oh. know, because and I And that think, would be an issue if you were a lawyer. Yes, absolutely, because I feel so deeply for people. Yes. So, you know, I, I, and I was in a courtroom where there was a person, you know, on trial for murder, and I didn't feel safe. I I felt for the person, a part of me felt for the person because I was thinking what happened in their life to, to, bring, them. to bring them to this point. And then I feel for the other side. So it's, it's just, a, it's a very difficult job. It sure is. It's and a very difficult job. Even, you know, private investigation. Uh, as soon as I got into it, I thought I'm going to only be able to do this for five years. Now, two de- decades later, oh, really? but I'm not. I'm not good at it because, to your point, you. I think you're a very empathetic person, and you. That's a really good quality to have. But that just 
doesn't prepare you for certain other fields, right? I always said I'd be a really bad doctor, nurse, uh, police officer, because you've got that compassion and the empathy for another human being, right, wrong, or indifferent. This is still with somebody's little boy, little girl, whatever the case may be. And so you're right, that, that wasn't your path. But also, more importantly, you felt very interested and you were fascinated. I've never heard the word passion. Your passion really mm. was your photography and I think just your creative mind because I, I don't really want to just call you a photographer because recently you've been really showing some stuff on social that I'm just like, as I said, in awe of and your digital art and everything like that, which we'll get to in a second. So you go to law school, right? You finish, correct? You graduate. Yes, I did. And so your parents are excited and happy and proud of you. When was the big moment where you said, well, I think I'm going to turn left instead of right? Was it right out of school or what happened? So uh, when I graduated, I made a decision, you know, um, basically to... I was already married at that point, and we were just, you know, thinking, are we going to be in Poland or are we going to be in Canada? So um, moving to Canada basically gave me that distance, and um, I just basically, I could just do whatever I wanted, you know, and I think, you know, there was a time to decide, um, this is not what I want to do, but my first job was was not a full-time photographer. I worked for the, for the media because, again, you know, I didn't know how to be a photographer. Well, I think it's, I, yeah, it's being an entrepreneur and a new skill and everything you've been taught for the last five years. Now you're jumping out of that into something else. But media still is very creative, right? And so what did you do in the media world? So I had two jobs. I was full-time. I was basically in a more coordinating um, position. So that was a lot of, like, there were a lot of, there were a lot of people I was coordinating. You know, there were, like, different teams. There were camera operators, but there was editing. Also production coordination is what you're saying. Yes, it was production coordination. And then I also had a freelance job where uh, I was a reporter oh. and um, and many people told me, well, Agnes, you're probably not going to be able to do two. But what I really, I think, wanted to do, and at that point, maybe it was not that clear in my head, but I wanted to start saving to try and be a full-time photographer. Right. So, um, so obviously when you start any business, there's usually, well, you know, maybe now with online businesses, maybe you don't have to invest that much, but normally there are investments, right? Absolutely. For somebody who's a totally new immigrant investing, you know, uh, multiple five figures into equipment as a photographer, it may be not much for other people, but for me, it was a lot. Of course. so that's why I was so determined to do both jobs because I wanted to save for that. Because again, I didn't want to ask anybody because, you know, when you take some, something from others, then you feel like additional, I think, pressure. And I believe in taking responsibility for your life. You know, that's profound, not uh, saying, Oh, you know, this person didn't do this for me or that person didn't do that for me. Well, 
you know, it's your life. You have the power to make with it whatever you want to make with it. Of course, we all have different circumstances. I totally understand Obstacles, that. struggles, whatever. But yes. you're saying you really took responsibility for your choice and your decision. And yeah. it was, if it worked, bonus. If it failed, it was on you. Exactly. It sounded like you just wanted to own that whichever way it went, right? Exactly. And, you know, I think also growing up, that's also something that I was taught that, you know, there's this saying we have, can you count? Count on yourself, <laughs> you know? Oh, I like that. We're going to get a t-shirt made. Can you count? And on the back, count on yourself. There you go. I love that. There you go. But it, but it's really so true because, you know, I, I personally think the people that I really admire and my mentors are people that made it on their own yeah. and that, you know, have struggled. And everybody knows that, struggling builds character struggles mm -hmm. obstacles will actually build who you are and it will be so much more satisfying to be able to say look at i did it i made you know a ton of mistakes i made five mistakes but you know what i got to where i wanted to be on my own right exactly. and it sounded like that's really what you wanted for yourself exactly and you know everybody makes mistakes we're all human we're not perfect. The, the thing is, what do you do with that knowledge when you made a mistake? Are you able to have, you know, the humility and, and emotional honesty to actually look back and see, okay, what did I do wrong? It's having the humility to ask somebody else who you respect, you know, what can I do with the situation and actually listen. I love you know, that. Because for me also, it, I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't also invest in a mentorship from somebody who was a successful photographer. So not taking advice from my aunt or, you know, or my, your family my, member my family or, or my friend who knows nothing about it yeah. is not my ideal client. Yes. <laughs> Doesn't value what I do. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's, we're talking now, I think, about just like wisdom, right? So um, not like being book smart, but that wisdom that we... Life smart. Exactly. Right? PhD, exactly. Life in, smart. PhD in life experience. And it yeah. sounds like you... Can we ask who your mentor is? My mentor is the amazing Sue Bryce. She's uh, an incredible photographer, in my opinion, uh, definitely one of the best portrait photographers in the world. And she's an incredible teacher. And, you know, she's ch I know she's changed my life. And I know she's changed many other people's life because I'm in her network of students. Oh, I love uh, that. So, yeah, she's absolutely incredible. And her story, I think if you read her story, you would also I'm be going amazed because she comes from... A blue color family that you know taught her to just just go to work and just do your job and just do that don't ask for more you know and she's left new zealand and she went after her goals and she's just an incredible human kind of sounds like your story in my opinion oh i like well, i, I maybe, cannot compare with my you sure with Sue, can't but. look i mean i look at my parents i mean they came from hungary in 56 but Oh, wow. I, don't, I can't imagine moving to a completely different country, you know, educated, like you said, you were married, and trying to make it. It's it's not an easy thing. I don't even know 
if English was your second language, I'm going to assume, right? When you came to Canada. Yeah, so my mom always wanted us to learn languages. So she was the one who really pushed for it. And I did uh, love learning English. So I learned English and German, but I didn't love German. So even though I learned it for, I think, three years, I, because I didn't have practice, same. I, I took ge- that's so funny. I took German in high school, <laughs> V Gates, and I know a few other like very basic ones. But aside from that, it was a tough language. But I'm just saying it. What you I know maybe you don't realize your journey is one that I'm sure many people want to live and maybe don't have the courage to do so. It takes mm. a lot of courage to leave your family and to leave your country, whether it's for a better life, whether it's for a job, whether it's for uh, whatever your reason is, it's still a tough thing to do. And you did it. You did it like a rock star, in my opinion, and I'm sure many other people's opinion. And you made something really beautiful in your life, which is lifting other people and still having your passion and your creativity come out, which I think is just kudos to you. And I'm sure I know a lot of other women just absolutely, uh, I can't speak, absolutely adore you and love what you do for them. So oh, that's so thank you beautiful. so much, Adrienne. It, it definitely hasn't been easy. Moving to another country is not easy. I think, you know, I was a little bit naive because, um, you know, you grow up watching movies that take place in North America obviously mostly United States, and you have these idealistic ideas. Of course. So I was ready to come here, and I was ready to spread my wings, you know. And then what followed was a little bit of that, you know, wing cutting. And uh, reality. Reality, yes. So I just, you know, I just went into work and all of that. I focused so much on work. I didn't leave enough time for, like, any self-care, for any friendships, So I did start breaking down after two years. Like I did experience a lot of, you know, uh, like mental stress. And then I kind of had to basically look at that. And I had to remember that, you know, I cannot just work. I also have to take care of myself. So important. And I'm so glad that you touched base on it. That is so important what you just shared. You know, I feel that as women and every woman I talk to, it doesn't matter her level of success personally or professionally. We are all sort of, I feel, conditioned to be caregivers and to look after everybody else and to do a good job here and a great job there. We're never really taught to care for ourselves. And I feel like maybe that is part of the story you're getting into where you worked you know, in school, you work to do this, and then you got here and you sort of isolated yourself from anything, I don't want to say pleasurable, because obviously you were married and you had a life, but you were sharing that you really didn't have, let's say, a social life or any other outlets um, for yourself. And so everything kind of stopped. Can you talk a little bit about that? Can you share a little bit about what happened? Uh, when you sort of realized, okay, I need to step back and look after me for a few minutes. Yes, I was, you know, so focused on work because it was important for me to be, I wanted to be independent. It was just something that I always wanted. And I felt like I had big goals, 
right and I was so determined to make these things happen but yeah I definitely did not think about the fact that you know I'm gonna start breaking emotionally at some point but we and never do I don't think we ever really no, think about that and you that. know if our parents don't teach us how how can we know right so if it's not a lot of these issues there's still taboo around them so when you're growing up and you never hear about it of course you're not gonna know anything about it no and so, just yeah you're and because I'm also European that uh, European mentality is work 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 your work ethic we've got great work yes, ethics we, we really do however we have very poor and like I'm speaking for myself I have very poor self-care ethics because I feel I should be last it should be you know work, family, this, that, clients, friends. Yep. And then by the time you're ready to look after you, you're like, ugh, too tired. And so yeah. we really, even with the whole community that I'm, we're building right now with the I Am Unbreakable, is that you, you know, I think you and I were talking off camera a little bit. People always look at me and say, oh my gosh, you're so mm -hmm. strong and you're so this and you're so that. And I'm looking at them, just letting them finish what they're saying. And I said, I'm this way today and right now. I have to work at it, and I'm this way because I have been broken. I yeah. have reached my limits. I have been mentally, physically, and emotionally drained and stressed out. And I think as women, we really suppress that. And we almost feel guilt when you go to look after yourself, whether yeah. you go to you put your feet up and you stay in your jammies and you know do whatever you do or take a vacation or go to a spa or how go to the gym sometimes you you just feel that guilt like why do you think you didn't feel like you could do that i'm talking about you personally and then let's talk about other women and why they think that we don't deserve it i think when i first started experiencing like too much mental stress that was in my 20s I think it was because I just you know I was just so focused on work and it was important for me but now as I'm growing older you know there's reasons like sometimes you just don't feel you don't I don't think you kind of you know love yourself almost enough you know to set up that boundary a healthy um, boundary. Yes, because when you really just, you know, are your best friend, you're going to say no to some things you cannot do. You're going to tell people, you know, how you want to be treated. You're going to make the time for yourself. But there's just so much responsibility on us as women. You know, one of the sure. women I've worked with, um, that was, I think, two years ago, she said, you know, in the process of us, like, as women, like becoming more independent throughout the centuries, we somehow are just adding more work onto our shoulders. It's true. Because now, like we have this pressure to not only just look amazing at every stage of our lives. Of course. And, you know, and, you know, have a little bit of muscles, but also have curves. And then to be a fantastic mother, uh, to be a fantastic interior designer for our home and have amazing wardrobe and have a great business and be a wonderful wife and all of that it's not humanly possible yeah okay yes, yes. It, it's not so um last year when i wanted to start also have a service in my business that's tailored specifically to women over 40 
it was because I just saw, like, by the time we get to 40, we're just so drained and we're just so exhausted. And, and yeah, the mental problems start to pile up, right? And when I would photograph women over 40, I would always, when they were in makeup, I would ask them, when was the last time you did something for yourself? So what do you think the answers were? I don't know. Right? Some women uh, couldn't remember. I know. Well, I'm remembering now, uh, and I forgot that I was going to mention this to you, when you and I did our first shoot together, that was probably the first time I had done anything for me. And yes, it was a brand shoot. However, I think you asked me that question and I was kind of sucking the tears back going, oh my damn, goodness. like, See, you I, know And what? I had no idea. No, I, right. But we sort of didn't know each other, I think, as well as we do now. But I think it's such an important question to ask mm -hmm. because that was one of the first things that I had done for myself in a very long time. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, you're looking after family, kids or no kids, husbands, wives, whatever the case may be, and you're always last. So it's beautiful that I think that you give people that outlet to care for themselves. And yes, sometimes people will come to you to do a brand shoot, but when was the last time that they booked off a few hours for themselves and get their hair done and their yeah. makeup and just focus on them and get to, you know, sort of be pampered for the day. That's why I was so excited when I walked into your studio and it said, welcome, Adrian. I was like, I feel so special. And so it's just about the little things. And I think we think it's got to be this big spa vacation, whatever. I don't think it's that. I think it's the little things. Not that doing a brand shoot with you is a little thing, but it was something that was so important to me and I'm sure to a lot of the women that you have worked with and I love the fact that you asked the question which is why you're so good in the human behavior I think that's why you're interested right yeah so I really care about people right which is a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing also because sometimes when you care too much you know that can be a problem too you kind of have to um yeah, again find that healthy balance right and set up your work in a way that, you know, you can just do your work, basically, uh, right? But I think for many people, they come to do a brand shoot for their business. It's a necessity. But yes, the, the, but they're still putting they get, themselves out there, yeah, right? And they get so much. So there's a reconnection that happens for many women. So we kind of forget who we are and what we want and what we value. So they often reconnect with themselves during the photo shoot, right? I sure did. And yeah. you're right, but it that doesn't happen, let's be very clear, yeah. whoever's listening or just tuned in, is that it doesn't happen in every photo shoot. It happens in your photo shoot because I've done <laughs> many photo shoots and I'm just saying I have never worked with somebody like you that brings your creativity, but also, like you said, the human behavior side of things and just sort of looking inside yourself because sometimes mm. that's a tough thing to do to look it in is. the mirror and you know even when you had said you know well when's the last time you did something for yourself or who's going to care for you those are yeah. tough questions to ask somebody because you really I mean some of your clients you know but some of your clients maybe you don't know what they've gone through or what they're going through no right no, I don't. And, you know, sometimes even um, I would ask, like, at the end of experience, you know, how did it feel to spend money on yourself? Oh. And the, the feelings also come up, right? Because some women feel guilty. 
to spend on themselves. They think it's, you know, oh, I should not be doing this. It's vain. It's whatever, right? Or I could be spending it on the family. I could be buying this. I could be doing that, right? Exactly. Where they don't realize it, this is important to do for you, right? Well, yes. So and, and even I think for your family, you know, your children are going to do what you're doing. Monkey see, monkey do. So 100%. if they see you don't take care of yourself, you never spend on yourself, you know, um, of course, you know, you want to be balanced, right? You don't want to go I'm into... I'm not against retail therapy, by the way. <laughs> Everything within reason... But yes, you. There, but it's about balance. I was just going right? to say everything you're yeah. saying sounds like it's it's a balancing act. And yeah. for women, we are like this with our family, friends, with our professions, with everything but ourselves, right? And I keep going back to saying somebody that I respect very much and who has been a huge mentor in my life said to me, you know, Adrian, I just don't understand, like, you know, who's looking after you? And I was like, well... I'm looking after me. And then that was kind of the moment like what I had with you where it, my kind of my tears welded up and I said, well, yeah, but I'm busy looking after him and her and this and that. Mm-hmm. I really am not looking after myself. And the analogy she gave me, and I always would get annoyed when you're flying and they say, for those of you who are flying, I might even have it off exactly the speech they say, those who are flying with young children, and if something should happen and the masks drop, yep. put the mask on yourself first. I'm like, Ugh, like these people must not be parents. And <laughs> she was kind of saying, like, if you don't have the mask, how can you help them? Mm-hmm. So if you don't have your self-care and if you don't have yourself in check, it's all about thyself. Mm-hmm. Then how are you going to care for your children or your elderly parents or your husband or wife or whoever? And that, I don't know why, it just really resonated with me. So do you think a lot of the women are putting masks on everybody else versus themselves? Of course. Of course, majority. So... That's just something that I hear about every single day, uh, right? I think there is some change happening. Sure, there is. You know, uh, it's still a long way to go. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, there's change happening. Um, And there's conversations happening, which is great. And, you know, to start to see change, we have to be the change. So we have to do the hard stuff, right? We have to be the example. We... When our friend is struggling with something, we have to remind her, you know, you need a day off. You don't need to work harder right now. Right now you need a day off. Mm -hmm. You cannot keep driving, not stop for gas and expect to keep going. I love that. I love that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Somebody used a similar analogy saying, you know, your vehicle, like you said, you stop for gas. You Mm -hmm. take it in for maintenance. You're without Mm -hmm. a vehicle for two or three days. But you're putting something into that deposit. And something you had said earlier, too, that really struck me is that you had said something in regards to the way that I treat or the way we treat ourselves. And I heard somebody uh, talk in a documentary um, with a fellow that said, if I talk to my friends and family the way I talk to myself, Mm -hmm. I would have no friends and family. And that is so true. And I don't know why, again, that really what you had said, we are not so kind to ourselves sometimes. Why do you think that is as women? 
I think it's because we want to be better and we think that, you know, criticizing ourselves is going to maybe motivate us to be better. But, um, you know, I know I I like sports and whenever uh, my best coaches were the ones who didn't criticize me, they built up on what was already good. Oh. So... It was basically, it was encouragement. It was kind yes. encouragement. It was not the type of coach who yelled at you and, you know. Wiggled their finger in your face. Yes. Because, right? you know, I also been told by some people, well, Agnes, I was really, I was a bad runner in school. I was one of the tallest, but I was the last on the finish line. And I didn't find out until later. It was just because I have a little bit of hip asymmetry. So one of my legs is shorter. <laughs> oh, see, and so looking at you, why. you'd never know that, right? No, you wouldn't know. It's not something no, you can tell. No, that's what I'm saying. But basically, I was yelled at, well, Agnes, you're the tallest. Why are you the last? You know, you have these long legs. Why are you last? Faster, faster. It was not these people who encouraged me. I don't know. Maybe it works for some down. people. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it works for men who need more tough love. I don't know. For me, it didn't work. It was yes. the ones who built up on what was already good, you know, and encouraged me. Um, so I think for me, it also works when I treat myself this way. Wow. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And But it takes a while. It's not easy. So you know what? When we first work with somebody, we send out a questionnaire. And in the questionnaire, I have a question what do you best like about your appearance? Because, of course, it's photography. I'm asking about appearance. And what you don't like. And women tear I themselves struggle. apart. Oh, really? I struggled with that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, gosh. Well, exactly. I'm like, there's of not enough space of the things I don't like. And then, See? right? See? I, that's where your mind sort of goes. Because so you have to go to the good things. And you have to first. focus on the good things. Uh, exactly. Right? But it's, it's something that's learned. And yeah. I know that somebody, and again, I always mess this up. I'm going to say, they always say there's 19 paved highways to negativity and one dirt road uphill to positivity. Oh, yeah. So it's about, for me, my journey in the last several decades has been about, because I think naturally, we a lot of us go to the negative. And I know for me, once I go to the negative, I'm like, okay, I'm stopping this. I'm stopping this questionnaire. I'm going to, obviously I'm not in the right headspace to deal with this. So I'm going to come back to it. And then, you know, you've got tools in your toolbox to sort of take you off that negative dirt high or the negative paved. See, I always mess it up. Paved highway and, and go back to that dirt road. Cause sometimes it's tough. You can't say, I don't think anybody that I know can say that it's easy all the time. You know, we no, always struggle no. and we always sort of go into these ruts, we'll call them. And that's when, you know, you work out more, you take a few days off, you self-love and self-care. What is your self-care? What does your self-care look like? And I'm just going to say, I have to talk to you about Bianca, your fur baby. <laughs> she is the most beautiful. We are going to post a picture of her. She is the most beautiful cat I have ever seen. White, blue eyes, beautiful and love the name. What does your self-care look like? What is your self-care sort of go-to? One or two little things that... So, you know, for me, I am very introverted. So I need a long time. Uh, like when I'm with people, I also, after that, I need that alone time. To decompress. Yes, to decompress. So that's a big one for introverts, right? Yeah, Intro my husband's like that. And it's almost like they need that reset. 
Yeah, so right. th- that's a big one for me. I love um, I love working out. I think it took me a while to find a workout that I really enjoy. And do when you go to a gym or do you work out at home? I'm not the person who likes to work out at home. I Same. like to I like to get out of the house. Well, it so, takes you out of yeah, whatever you're in. Like if you feel like crap and. You know, you've been inside and you feel, I think that just, same with me. You just need that change of scenery, right? So yes. do you, what is your go-to workout? Is it a run, a jog, a walk, weights? I am obsessed with bar, which is um, inspired by ballet, but it's a whole body workout. And, you know, there's parts. I've done it. It's hard. It's hard. But you know what? My instructor, who I'm like, I'm obsessed with her. (laughs) So I like. You know, sometimes I almost don't want to approach her because I don't want her to think I'm like stalking her or something. But I just think (laughs) she's just amazing at what she does. Yes. So she just introduces so much variety that you can still do it. It's hard, but you can still do it. So I think you need the right instructor and the right coach for that. Yes, I think so. Because I've done some. So she's like a senior you know, instructor, because I've done some workouts with junior instructors where there was just not variety, there was too many repeats and like, you just could not do it. Well, it's hard on your body too, even though you have the bar, the bending and the up and the down and whatever, if you have back and neck issues like me. Um, So if you have somebody, and it's the same with yoga, because I've done yoga and hot yoga. And sometimes I can't walk for two weeks after. Where some instructors that will say, you know, you can always modify. This is the modification for beginners, you know, intermediate and advanced. And that's what I like. And it sounds like that's how your instructor is Again, right? It's not about perfection. It's about progress. Oh, So it doesn't matter that, you know, your pose is not perfect, like maybe another person in a class. What matters is that you're making progress for yourself and for your body, right? Um, you know, I love being with my best friends who just accept me, you know, just the way I am and I can talk freely with them and I can just, you know, talk about my issues and not feel judged. Uh, I love being in the water. So in the summer, Mm. I love just, just going on my mattress and something about the water movement and just floating. Very calming for you. Yeah. And I, I love fashion. And, you know, I think for so many years, because I was, again, I was so busy with Pure Studios, I didn't really properly pamper myself through fashion. And it's something I started doing in the past two years. I love where that. Where I actually, like, really spent the time and like found you know figured out my colors and figure out my well, favorite your silhouettes. botanical green is fabulous <laughs> which green. you well you introduced that to me and now i'm obsessed <laughs> with this color i'll have to show you what i bought in that color and my husband's like you don't really wear this color i'm like i do now so well, you're gonna start. well it's a there pop and it looks nice with black it looks nice with white and i think you and, and for i for you green brings out your eye color because well that's what a... you convinced me of when um. we did our last brand shoot and i was like i don't know about this and again some of my favorite shots and i think again going back to your process is i feel like you open the minds of people that are sort of I don't want to say set in their ways, but they're very close to what what has worked for them. Yeah, and that's that's very normal. Like that's just how things are, right? Uh, But again, to be open minded, I feel like to kind of progress, like you said, 
throughout your life. You have to have that open-mindedness of saying, okay, let's try it. Well, you know, I think when you're drawn to work with somebody, it will, you know, whether it's me or maybe you're drawn to work with, um, I don't know, uh, you know, a marketing agency or a stylist, there is a reason you're drawn to them. Yes. Right? So... That's true. So then you're listening to their expertise and you're opening up because there was something about them that brought you in the door, right? So why not take advantage of their expertise? That's right? a great way to look you, at it. You don't know what you don't know. And I think sometimes when we're high achievers, we're just like, no, I know the best. And, you know, only I can do everything the best. And we yeah. can be so closed off. Well, every 100%. business owners will tell you, you cannot grow if you don't open yourself to outsourcing, to opening to other people's expertise. And, yep. and that's how you grow. A hundred percent. Of course, again, I'm going to go back to see who you're listening to. Right. Yes. Because don't listen to somebody who has no, maybe no experience in the, in the area. Right. But yes, opening yourself up to people who, you know, you obviously value what they do is going to bring value to you. A hundred percent. And you, you nailed it in saying sort of like, trust the, trust the person that you're working with, whatever expert you go to. But then again, one of my favorite things is trust the process. It might not be what you thought it was going to be. might be great. It might be okay. But again, if you're not open to it, you will never know. You will never know if it was something that was going to work for you or not. And I love the fact that you can open these women's minds and their soul and their bodies to do something. I mean, one of the comments I got very recently of somebody that you worked with was, I felt like this was my 10-year-old self. I felt like my 10-year-old self again, taking these photos, but my adult self would have never been in this beautiful tulle skirt, but she brought that out in me. I felt like a princess. And I I still get the goosebumps because she was so... Yeah, so that's the reconnection, right? Authentic. The reconnection with yourself. That often happens in front of the camera. I... Honestly, I still don't know fully what that is. Like, what is that magic? I think it's... But you, it, uh, the magic is you. And you, I don't oh, think you, you give yourself enough credit. You're, oh, thank you. But you have to now take recognition. You bring this out in people. Not every photographer or expert can do that because people are typically nervous in front Absolutely. of a camera. But not only are you getting the best, you're taking them to a level that they're like, oh, this is so not me. And you allow them that. It's almost like they give themselves the permission to trust you and they give themselves the permission to be sort of somebody they've always wanted to be. Yeah, so a big part of the process is getting out of your head because we're all in our heads. We're just, you know, we create stories and we create scenarios that never happened. The mind is a beautiful thing, (laughs) right? Oh my God. There is so much going on up here sometimes that you're like, but you're right. And you can't, so excuse me for interrupting, but so what you're saying is you have to get out of your mind. Yes. And I think a good photographer will, will help you with that for sure. Um, because then you kind of see that all these things you're telling yourself, and ag- again, we're not kind to ourselves in yeah, our it's, head. it's bullshit. Exactly. 
<laughs> you're like but i won't say that exactly word. she's too nice to and say it's both, that but. physical proof because at the end of this experience you get also a physical proof you have a physical That's photo. evidence that is evidence. that is real evidence exactly that's what you're telling yourself in your head is not true. I love that. I mean, fear, it's usually fear-based, right? Oh, I'm going to look like this. I'm not going to yes. like this. I don't like the angle of that. And it's, you know, somebody always says false evidence appearing real, mm -hmm. which is fear. And if you trust the, and I think that's what it is, you have to trust the person or the people that you work with, right? Like you said. And that's why I was pointing saying, it, to me, it is about trusting the expert which is yeah. you and you bring that out in people how magical is that and that must bring you a lot of joy knowing that you can do that for people it does so my favorite moment of the process is when the project is done the reveal when the when the photos are done and when i can just see so when i meet somebody for the first time i already see the photos in my mind oh, i love that. and what I'm getting from that person is a lot of pushback. I'm just telling you like my side of the process now. I, mm -hmm. So what I I'm get it. what I'm seeing through the process is a lot of pushback. So I'm seeing hearing things like, "Well, I'm not photogenic like your other clients." Well, they they have this perfect wardrobe. I don't have that. Or, well, you know, she has this great body bone structure. I don't have that. Uh, I have a weak chin. And and I'm I have to be strong and I have to kind of ignore all of that and just focus on my part because I can already see the photos in my head and then of course at the reveal there's the big surprise I know you're like oh you mean I was right and I'm good at what I do well thank you because that person who was just you know um saying all these things to herself through this process is now like oh wow Oh my goodness, I didn't expect this. It's so yes, true. there's crying and all of that. And of course I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, what did you think? Right? But so, it's but true. I, I so understand the other side because I have to also understand that people had maybe bad experiences or so I, I totally understand, right? And I've also, you know, worked being a business owner. Sometimes you work with people who take advantage of you. Like, That's let's true. be real, right? That's very true. So I understand. So this is also my, why I crafted my process in a way that you don't really have to purchase until you see your photos. And that kind of takes the pressure off me a little bit. Sure because does. Because I don't have to be in this fear I, because I just feel, okay, if they don't like it, and that person feels safe too, if you don't like it, then you just don't like it. It's okay. It's totally okay, right? Yeah. You only choose what you love. There's. I can't, I can never stay within changes, the package because it, there's so many good ones. But it changes right? the dynamic. Sure it does. Right? It takes the pressure of both of us. Yes. And because of it, we don't have to be so much in fear because it's very hard to create out of fear. Of course. You have to be in excitement and you have to be in passion for what you're gonna create you cannot be in fear no so this is also why i why i do things this way and i love that and i think your clients probably like you said really appreciate it too because then the pressure is sort of you know okay well i'm gonna get this package am i gonna love the photos and then they'd even be more yeah. closed off where mm -hmm. you're like let's just try if you hate it 
nah, don't worry about it. And again, huge, massive surprise. Even the photo, like I said, my very favorite photo was the one that you took with the black tool that I was so dead against. I'm like, this is not me. And I was just like, oh my goodness. And you're like, I'm not gonna like this, but you did it. But you, uh, yes, with, with pushback, I did it. But that is just so, to me, evidence based that if you trust the expert and you trust the process, yeah. you're gonna get to the other side, right? And so now more recently, aside from your events and all the amazing things you do, recently I've been seeing so many great things from you, digital art. I've been seeing you take photos and do line work. Talk to me. Can you tell me <laughs> what you're doing outside of photography? Cause it is amazing. So uh, sketching, which I now started integrating into my photography work, is just a big passion of mine. So I was drawing before I picked up a camera. And again, all the inspiration we we already talked about that I took from magazines or from the photos, I would take that into, into sketching. For me, it was always the obsession with just women's beauty. I am a woman who loves women. I am a woman who appreciates women's beauty. Uh, I think beauty has many faces. Absolutely. You know, and there's a little bit of this trend now where we're all kind of starting to do the same things and we're all starting to kind of look the same, um, you know. And I think the beauty is in our uniqueness. And, yes. and first, again, just starting from loving yourself the way you are, I think it's beautiful that, you know, we carry features of our ancestors, right? And a long history of that. So that love of mine... um, Has carried into... into, Yeah, has carried into sketching. I always loved sketching. And, you know, in the pandemic where, you know, there's been periods where, of course, you... There were periods where I... I could work through the pandemic. I was in the category where I could work. Yes. But, you know, there were times where I didn't want to accept certain amount of people in a week just for everybody to be safe. Right. So I had some time. I went to the basement and I always believed in, you know, surrounding yourself with things you value. So for me, it's I do value art. I do value craftsmanship. And that's what I try to have in my house. I I try to have photos of my Your travels. Is, yeah, beautiful. And, the you way know, it's. and my family. Um, and I thought, why are these sketches collecting dust in the basement? Maybe I don't think they're good enough, but they're a reminder of my passion. And I took out my old sketches and I put them in my office. Yes. And then... Um, Uh, I was a part of uh, Visual Arts Mississauga, and this class comes up, and it's sketching. So, of course, I signed up, even though, of course, I had a crazy busy week. I I juggle and I hustle, whatever, to make it happen, right? And I go and I take this class, and I just, again, I feel like I love doing it. Because, you know, in every work, there comes a time where you're just feeling a little stagnant, you know? It may feel all repetitive. You have to reignite the passion. And that's what did it for me. Because, um, you know, I always want people to... I, people come for brand photo shoots. But again, the value they get for themselves is so big. I, I would love for them to have a reminder of that experience. 
So what I do is I have a photo of myself when I just feel great and powerful and I feel good about myself. I have it on my night table just for some brain priming. So when yeah. I wake up in the morning, the first thing I see is an image of myself when I just feel great about myself. It's not about this image to be vain or for it to be for anybody else. It's just for me. It's a reminder. It's for me. Of your state of mind yeah. at that moment, which you said was very positive. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, and then to make it into sketching, it just makes it even more artistic to have something like that for your home. Right. I loved so it. A lot of um, women already shared with me that they will have it on their night table or, you know, if you're lucky enough to have a wardrobe, many women have it in their wardrobe room right That's good or next to the door to your closet right so and again you're you're valuing yourself you're doing something for yourself and you have art of yourself you know i love that um, and yeah, so I it's a sketching. photograph and it's it's almost like you do line work and then but i've also seen you do portraits as well yes. so it's that and for me so i'm also very I'll creative do, that's what drew me to you like you said, through your work is because I saw your creative mind. It wasn't just a photograph for me. No. Your work, you really see, you bring this magic out. So, sorry, go ahead. You were going to yeah, say. So you feel the connection, right? Absolutely. Yeah, 1,000%. And so you do portraits and you do sort of like a line work, right? So sometimes I'll, so again, this is just fully inspiration. Like it's just whatever I feel in my heart. I don't know where it comes from. I think with creative people, we don't know where it comes from. It just comes uh, so sometimes I'll see a photo and I'll just do a full-on sketch. So it will just be a sketch of that photo. And digital? sometimes I'll... Digital? Yes, I do sketch digitally. And okay. sometimes I'll sketch on a photo and kind of combine it. So I, it's, love, I love that. Again, I love both. There's both no rigid amazing. process to it. It just depends what comes to me. Yeah, and just... But like you said, you're sort of being free with your art, your creative self and you're allowing yourself like you said i mean you're successful at what you do however i need self-care i need to feel like i'm growing and learning and doing different things and you scheduled a class probably in like a crazy busy week but you just did it so that was sort of a form of self-care for yourself yes right? and you know again we were also talking about being negative so something i you know took from many wise people i've been just honored to meet in my life is think about what's possible don't go into the negative because y yes you can always go into the negatives always uh but think about what's possible in the situation you're in right now right um it might not be perfect right again mm -hmm. when i started was it perfect? No. I could look at another photographer and think, well, you know, she's uh, been here for generations, so she has the resources to open a studio right away or have the state-of-the-art uh, equipment right off the bat. And I have to work so hard to Chicken. even try, right? But where is that going to take me? Where is that thinking going to take me? Nowhere. I had to focus on where I was and what was possible in the moment. I think that's I how that. we grow. I love that. And, you know, for me too, it's sort of like sometimes you have to put blinders on or I say earplugs and just forget about the outside influences. Forget about what people are saying, what other people are doing, because you could always sit there like what, you know, some really great people say, not only in social media or marketing 
or being artistic is sort of like mind your business. And that doesn't mean like mind your own damn business. It means mind your business, meaning think of your business. And yes, there's other people that might be more successful or have better equipment or bigger shows or whatever the case may be. But if you focus only on scrolling through and you can get stuck yeah. on scrolling for hours. I didn't, I used to drive me nuts with my kids. And then I realized I got onto the, and I'm like, how did two hours just go by? It's right? very addictive. And so you just focus on like mind your business means take care of your business and everything else will come. It doesn't mean you can't look and get inspiration and look what other people are doing from time to time. But I feel like if you really put your mind to what you want to achieve, yes, I think that's what you were saying as well, that you've achieved greatness through focusing on what you're good at and what's positive about you and your work. Yes, well, I think that's how you take your power back. You focus on yourself, what's possible for you in the moment. A comparison is not going to bring you into nice places. It's going to no. bring you into a very dark place. Right. Uh, speaking of, you know, self-care, I also really limit my time on social media. So because important. Because it's very addictive. And... Um, and, you know, like, I think for a lot of people is just if you do it for, for a long time, it again, it just flares up comparison, all these things that are not great for our mental health. And are also most of the time not real. Oh, God, 100%. <laughs> you have to remember social yeah. media is marketing. Yes. So the real life is your life with your friends. That's real life. Social media is marketing, and that's just what it is, right? It's a wonderful tool, but don't think it's reality because it's not. Well, and I feel like our youth is brought up to think that that is reality. Yes. And it, and it bothers and me. And that worries me. Because that worries me too. And I tell people, like, these are, you know, uh, anybody who will listen, and even a lot of times when clients have retained us to, um, you know, their youth is in trouble or whatever. And I first question I ask, how much time are they on social media? And they're like, all day long. I'm like, well, that's not good. I mean, my kids no. told me that I wrecked their lives because I wouldn't let them on social media till after high school. And now they're like, I can't believe you were a terrible parent. You know, at, oh, at first, the guilt right? tripping. Uh, anyways, I'm just like, yeah, 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 whatever. And now they're like, thank God. Like, it's so meaningless and time consuming. But they have to come to that realization because they only see in high school, well, this, this person has this and that. Look, the internet is a beautiful thing. And it can be used for wonderful things mm -hmm. towards business and whatnot. But like you said, it can also... Even if you're not in the greatest mental state, whether you have a little bit of depression, a little bit of anxiety, something to do with self-confidence, it can be troublesome. But if you're looking mm -hmm. for inspiration or ideas or you're learning, then perfect. But again, like you said, you can go to a class, right? It, we're not in lockdown. You can get out of the house and go to a class and get the same direction and more inspiration and meet people versus being in front of a screen. That for sure is a whole nother podcast about how much time people spend on screens because I think yes. it's crazy. Well, it's it's very addictive, right? And we're kind of in a moment in history where it's still growing. So we probably don't know the full impact of it, right? Um, again, I am not an expert in this, but I know what I did for myself is a time limit. 
uh, for social media and that works pretty well for me. Yeah, and that is perfect. And you know, whether people have kids or not, I know my husband gave it up 100%. He's just like, I'm done. Good it's for just him. too, it, it, it draws you in and, and it's true. It's kind of like watching your favorite show. Not that, you know, you go to people all the time, but anyways, we won't talk about the addictive part of it, but it also feeds like, this is science, it feeds the dopamine. Oh, so, 100%. So it's yes. kind of like, oh my gosh, I got new You're friends. You're on a oh dopamine high. Yes. Yeah. So, and and you put it away. I'll never forget the first time I really experienced it. Uh, we were away on a hockey tournament and all the kids are laughing and they're joking around and they're like this. And I went over the table. I'm like, oh, why is everybody on their phones? Why don't you guys talk mm. to each other? They looked at me. They're like, we are. And my kid was so embarrassed. He's like, why would you say that? I'm like, you're right there. You have a person in front of you, you know? And so, you know, I, anyways, that's my little bit of a pet peeve because they still need those social experiences. Yes. They so, need to be able to speak to a human. Absolutely. For now. Absolutely. You know, there was a time I was at a beach with a friend and some teenagers came. Uh, it was boys. I'm not sure how old they were. I would guess probably 15, 16. And they started taking photos of each other. And then they would go back and look at the photos. And again, there's their boys. They're like, oh, no, my hair is not perfect. We have to redo it. And they're like really taking, you know, care to uh, taking the time to style their hair and just, you know, make it perfect. And I'm just sitting there. And like I'm with your jaw hanging going. With my jaw hanging. Because when I was this age... I don't think boys even acknowledged they had hair. Are you kidding me? Yeah, or how or, it or looked. If it got washed once a week, then it's like, you know, thumbs up. You know yeah. what? It, it is true, though. So it doesn't only happen for girls or women now. 100%. It happens for men and boys, too. And I was... Tr yeah, the conversation they had about the photos and the hair and, and the way they, they were criticizing themselves and just... Do you, how do you think I looked... That day on the beach. <laughs> probably fantastic. Was, well, again, but like according to them, probably my hair was like an awful mess. Yes, yes. Right? But it's but, their perception. Yes. Right? It's what they're thinking. And I know, I remember once my, uh, one of my kids came home and he's rail thin. I mean, like you can see his hip bones, his back bones. And he's like, okay, so I want to start working out more again. And I'm like, okay, fine. No problem. Like knock your socks off. <laughs> and then he basically said, he, after he told me, somebody called him fat. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, isn't that sort of like what girls do? Like that is so, like, to me, I thought it's more body shaming towards uh, younger girls and, and whatever. But they're like, no. And I'm like, that skin, you have like, you need a hamburger, son. <laughs> like, so don't worry about whatever. Yeah. But, you know, there's my, so there is there is a huge and I think it has to do with social media. There's a huge um, importance to them on their looks. Yes, absolutely. Sadly. There is uh, higher levels of body dysmorphia. Yes, and uh, um, yeah, it's it's troubling. I think it's it's troubling. But then we have people like you that catch, you know, people doesn't matter what their body shape, size bone structure, hair color, whatever. Well, you know, and you capture their beauty and it's their inner beauty that I'm talking about. Well, when you're getting nasty comments about your looks, right? This is not the time to think 
I need to go to the gym and, you know, do this. This is the time to say, please don't bully me. Yeah. And these are these people's friends. That's that's yeah. kind of what... So this is the time to say... But they're all like that. I got to be honest. I know. Yeah. Look, I... I can't even tell you all the, you know, confidence and this and that and whatever. Yeah. And, you know, he talking about my son in particular, he did, you know, kind of give it back to the person who gave it to him. Good for him. Who happened to have a few extra pounds. And I said, you weren't mean about it, were you? He said, oh, absolutely not. Because I was like, you know, I was worried about the other boy's image as well. And he said, I just told them people come in different shapes and sizes. And I went. That was a very that's, good answer. That's wonderful. But it still affects people. Like, you, you know, if you're told something, you well, kind of... of course, right? You know, they're pubescent and they're, mm, am I fat? Am I what? I, uh. So, but anyways, body image, you capture everybody so incredibly beautifully. And I guess, you know, we could sit here and talk for hours and hours and hours, which I would love to do, but that might be a part two. I wanted to ask you, sort of in closing, do you have... Any sort of words of wisdom? You are, to me, I learn from you every time we speak. You teach me something all the time. Do you have any words of wisdom that you've sort of lived by? I mean, that has really inspired you, whether it was from a mentor or something you learned from a parent or anything like that. Like, what's something you sort of is your go-to? Do you have anything like that? I think for me, a big one is mastery. Mm. You know, um, I think when you really like doing something, you just become obsessed with it and you really want to master it. So whatever that is, whether it's, you know, your photography, whether it's bar class, whether it's, you know, painting your nails and doing art on there or whatever the case is, you're saying master your passion is sort of what I, yes. what I took from that. Go deeper, right? Go deeper than the status quo. Um, you know, we, I know you talk to a lot of women who are successful in their careers. And I think one of the aspects why people are so successful is because they do go deeper. I think a lot of the time people just have these questions that are like, well, what's, what's your secret or what's working the best at the moment? And it, that's all important. But you have to be like really passionate about what is it that you're doing. That passion will keep you going. Uh, and, you know, when you really focus on your strengths and master them, you don't think about competition, right? You're and just thinking about your thing and just doing it wonderfully, helping people through it. Uh, helping people who value it because not everybody will value it. And that's okay. We all have different values. Absolutely. Um, and what do you think about focusing on your weaknesses and improving some of those? Because we all have weaknesses. I think that is sort of what you're saying too about mastering yes. your passion. Like you said, what if you were passionate about running and you just couldn't make it work? You would be that girl that would find a way, right? Well, yes. And I think whatever the passion is, I'm not it's saying it's important to get to get help, right? Oftentimes, um, and I know this is, you know, the thing for many women, we think we have to do everything ourselves. It's okay to ask for help. I would not be where I am if I didn't listen 
to to mentors and people who have already done it. And also the way I did it was, again, I took the advice, but they also encouraged me not to just copy, but again, bring out those things that are my strengths to make it my own. Right. Yeah. And I love that because it sounds like what you're saying, because I have many mentors and I'm sure you do too. And you take from this person what you like and you make it your own. You take it from this, you know, 10% from this person and you make it your own. But I think what you're saying is definitely have inspiration, definitely have mentors, but make it your own and own it. Right? Exactly. Exactly. I think, you know, again, like oftentimes, again, we're comparing and we're trying to be somebody else where it's really focusing on your strengths, you know, working on the things that maybe are not so great. Uh, It's not easy. It's not easy working on your weaknesses. But when you do it, I can promise you the sense of empowerment you get from it is going to be so worth it that next time when an issue comes up of working through a struggle, it's going to be easier next time. Because you're going to go back to that toolbox that, hey, what worked for me last time? And then you're going to draw from that, right? Yeah, exactly. I love that. Thank you, Agnes. I am so honored that you came and you shared so much wisdom and part of your story with me. Thank you so much. If people want to contact you, how can they find you? Thank you so much for having me, Adrienne. Of course, we could talk forever. Absolutely. Uh, Our website is purestudios.co and all the other channels like social media are which will include will include in your bio and whatnot but you are wonderful beautiful inside and out thank you so much thank you so much for having me